0: Better late than May. Today, I'm press B to cancel. Welcome back to another episode of Press Be to Cancel, and GP's bebopping like he could hear the intro, but he couldn't. (laughs) I'm your host this week, Sick Jake, but joined, never alone, no, I'm joined by two of my good friends, Werewolf, how you been?
1: I have been well, thank you. I'm excited to get back to this.
0: Yeah, me too. And GP, how are you doing today?
2: I am
1: doing very, very well. So thrilled to be
2: here. And real quick, before we go uh, further, I want to... Break in because I can't wait. I'm too excited. We will be including two new hosts in the future as well. And I was thinking maybe we should have a.
1: Oh, you mean Chardmonk if... and Sinistar 77?
2: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So, no giveaway. But no I... giveaway, guys. Uh, but, sorry. Sinistar I... are going to be joining us, and I'm thrilled.
1: My mistake. No, no. That okay. yeah, was wonderful. you don't <laughs> need that <Wonderful>. content.
0: <laughs> No, we are pressed be to cancel. And of course, we were in a hiatus for a little while. Just a, you know, a few short weeks. Nothing, nothing. Okay, a couple months, you know. But, you know, the, the birds are chirping. The rainy weather is hitting us. But winter's long gone. So what better time than do Game May. of the Year? Yeah, end of May. Let's do Game of the Year of 2021. We're either late or early. It doesn't really matter. We're going to do Game of the Year, but we're going to do it with our rules. So our rules say it's the game that you played in 2021, whether it's retro, modern, doesn't matter. Released three years ago. Who cares? Just the game that you play that made an impact for you. So we've done this for the last couple of years, and I love doing this. I think we have a unique take on Game of the Year that others don't. Um, so I guess we'll get started. A GP you wanted to start first, I believe, right?
2: Yes. Uh, very excited for my Game of the Year. I don't think a lot of people are going to like me saying this, but this is the truth. It's Final Fantasy One, but it's the Pixel Remaster.
0: Was that okay. this year?
2: Yeah. No, no, it was last year. No, that was last are year. We, oh. Okay. Are we acting no, like this was is recording?
0: That was twenty twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. He's so
2: good. Final Fantasy VI <laughs> Pixel Remastered came out this year, and I think five was either January or December last. But Final Fantasy One, definitely summer of of twenty twenty-one. But here's the thing. Um, anybody who's familiar with our past recordings or anything I've ever said about Final Fantasy ever knows I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy IV. And of course, six we've had you know brackets we've done we've we've talked about this a lot so i'm not going to rehash all of that but i will say when it comes to the pixel remasters four was okay i think there's better versions of four six was as great as six always is um the they were great they didn't necessarily make me want to go back and play the originals again or immediately restart a new file except for final fantasy one Now, full disclosure, I did not play Final Fantasy 2. I was already a fan of 3 on the NES. I I love the the retro version and the Pixel Remaster was good. 5 was a solid entry as well. But 1 for my money was the best and here's why. I never really enjoyed the NES. I had nostalgia for it in watching other people play it. I always appreciated and had respect for what Final Fantasy 1 accomplished and um, allowing us to have sequels and setting up the franchise like it had um but i was never into it myself so i played final fantasy one the pixel remaster which if you haven't played them if you're a final fantasy fan i recommend it i know Chard monk might not agree uh but there's a lot of great updates not just the pixels uh or or the aesthetics of it the translation the the music has gotten a huge upgrade the way they've re- remastered the music and anyway just all the way across the board this is a wonderful tune-up for Final Fantasy 1. I've restarted that game and played through it a number of times. Not only that, I've started looking into uh, ROM hacks and uh, going back and playing the original version of the NES Final Fantasy 1. And I completely love this game now. Uh, and that is thanks to the, the Pixel Remastered. So, game of the so year remaster So, you said the music
0: has a big upgrade. Do you big like upgrade. that, though? Because I've heard, like, with the other remaster, like, for Pixel M- Remaster of uh, 6... They've redone some music, the opera scene and stuff, and that was a dramatic change, oh. at least to me. Was the one similar then?
2: Yes. Um. So Six, I mean, with the opera thing, that was big when it came out. So the way they did the Six opera scene is chill-inducing. I got goosebumps multiple times. In fact, just sitting here thinking about it, I'm getting kind of chills. There are some things that are a lot better. There are some things that I didn't care for as much. Um, the, the random encounter fight music for Final Fantasy four, love the, the, the classic version of it, but the redone version, not so much. Um, but then you go to like Dams and castle or whatever in Final Fantasy four. And I didn't realize that song slapped so hard, but if you add Gregorian chants to about anything, I will love it. I'm here and for that it, is, yeah. so there's a lot of things with Final Fantasy one that were good having gone back recently and played through the classics. But with the Pixel Remaster, oh, the music is is top tier. And it really feels, and I think this is really where I'm going with this, the Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster feels more like there's more cohesion to the rest of the series that it's it set up to go back and play that. And then, because again, I didn't play two, three, and then four, and then five, and then six. It all feels more like a family uh, as opposed to, this kind of outdated thing that set up all these other great things. Imagine if they did a pixel remaster for like Mortal Kombat, but gave it super Nintendo graphics. It would be, well, no, it did. That's a bad example, but you know what I'm saying? And I'm just go play pixel one remaster. with well, like me later.
1: Okay. okay. So I was interested in the pixel remasters, but, and I don't want to pee on your parade here, but- <laughs> i got some stuff i got to say. First off, regarding the Final Fantasy IV battle music, mm-hmm. it, I don't think I've ever heard a version of that one as good as the original Super Nintendo version. Yeah. Moving on, um, you mentioned the redone Final Fantasy VI opera scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was done really well. I thought it oh, was yeah. really cool. Love it. And that's where my problem is with all the rest of the Pixel remasters. I feel like this would have been a prime point for Square Enix to really make use of the HD 2D system that they introduced with Octopath, they basically used it for the Opera and Six. I don't understand why they didn't do it with the entire Pixel Remaster setup.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I, I can't feel speak like to that. it
1: should have been done for Final Fantasy One through Six, the whole thing, instead of building a whole new engine to recreate these games, and then they still didn't even. Completely do everything. Apparently, there were missing tiles in some of the games. Really? At least at release, I don't know if they fixed it. I know for sure huh. four had missing tiles.
2: I don't, I don't know. know if I did. Yeah. But... By the time I got to it, uh, I had noticed, and I think I know four pretty well. But I don't know if they're missing some tiles or missing some tiles.
1: But so... I, I don't. I'm not disappointed in the idea of the pixel remasters, mm-hmm. and it probably brought these games around to a state that some people who wouldn't have played the originals felt was playable now. And I'm sure it made square Enix a boatload of money on the people who were like, Hey, final fantasy one again. Sure. You know? (laughs) And yeah.
2: Okay. So yes, cash grab. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's going to deny that. Um, If you look at some of the other reports that they've done, like the PlayStation or these various ports for, for the phone systems, um, they're not always unified. They don't always play the same way or the the framing. There's always things that are just different. Uh, I think with the Pixel Remaster, putting them all out, kind of having them done for the most part the same way. Like I said, it feels very unified. It feels like a really great package to buy. Um, I do think, especially with 4, like it, for as much as I love 4, that was the one that probably let me down the most. Uh, I feel like, man, there's so many... Other ports like Advance, take some of the stuff that they added from Advance, whether it's additional uh, summons or dungeons, they should have put that shit in there too. I think that would have been fun. But they just kind of give us the easy type and that's that's okay. For me, really, the music was the only thing that was better in 4, uh, with the exception of the random encounter music. So, there we are. Uh, and I will say this also, Dancing Mad uh, from Final Fantasy VI is now my the Pixel Remaster music is now my alarm clock when I wake up and I have been hella productive <laughs> the past
1: year I'm going to have to check that out.
2: Oh, but is, yeah, I, I just, it is good. It's great.
1: I feel like the pixel remaster was a huge missed opportunity in using the HD 2d engine that they built.
2: I wish I knew more about it. All I can say is the opera scene was insane. And if they could have done better with, with the other songs by incorporating that, then yeah, they should have. But what we got for the most part, I got to say is a massive improvement. Um, so yeah, if you liked one before, hopefully you like this. If you never really got into one, start here. Because again, that made me want to go back and play the other versions and, and the classics. And yeah, whatever it was that I was missing before, uh, that, that piece of the puzzle's kind of been filled in for me. And I, I get it now. And uh, I slept on that for way too long.
0: I think for me, when I first heard about the Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster that made me groan was I heard they're redoing the sprites, like the art. Uh, and I'm very picky. I hate how there's a remaster where they they, they ignore the pixels entirely and then go for a 2D look. Like uh, Snow Brothers, uh, the arcade game, a uh, very pixel game from the 90s or maybe 80s, that got a remaster recently, and they just kind of did a, a, a weird 2D art style, like just smooth lines. It looks, to me, terrible. So when I heard about Final Fantasy 1 Pixel Master being redoing the artwork, I was kind of worried. But when I'm looking at the video now, I know you guys can't see it, but I'm looking at the sprites, the characters... Black mage, white mage, fighter, they all look how they did in the original Nintendo game. Just a little bit touched up, right? More colors, whatnot. They look good. Um, a lot better than I thought, surprisingly. And of course, Final Fantasy 1 and Nintendo had the black background. Now they've updated it more like the other games in the series with, you know, detailed 2D art in the background of the fight scenes. It looks good. Uh, this looks like a nice looking game, really.
2: And it it doesn't look like it was a repolished... I mean, obviously everything was improved and heightened, but it wasn't just a repolish, like you were saying with smoother lines and things, it still looks and plays like a very classic retro game. Yeah. Um, as somebody who grew up playing the NES version of Contra, later going and trying to play the arcade version, I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> give, me, give me the old crap. Give me the, the, the lower version. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And if you've never taken the time to play through Final Fantasy III, for example, as well, uh you got to. That's a great game and the pixel remaster did it well. And if you didn't care for how slowly the original Final Fantasy 3 for the NES moved, I get it. I'm with you. This one it's that's the other thing. They're all very smooth now. Uh they're less clunky. They fixed the thing with Final Fantasy 1 where if you were set to attack this foe but he's perished or vanquished the turn before, you're not swinging it, you know, air. So they there were yeah. the touch-ups and the fixes there which are good. Um yeah, it's just great game.
0: Yeah, I game think game. the only thing that missing from it is I kind of miss like uh, the touch of graphics are great. Good. But the, the modern font kind of, doesn't hit with me. I kind of wish there was an option for pixelated fonts. but overall, like it looks like a solid package.
2: I, you know, I think I've heard somebody else complain about the fonts or mention the fonts that they could have been done better. That is not something that stood out to me and I'm aware of people pointing that out, but it still hasn't sunk in, I guess. But, um,
1: as I understand it, that was an issue to get it on the iOS store. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was one of the accepted fonts. Like, Because apparently uh, the iOS store only allows a handful of fonts to be used in, in apps. And so they chose one of the fonts and then decided not to stray from it at all. Okay. So
0: <laughs> and that makes sense because, well, well, like, uh, Google has similar rules for I think they call it material, I think, but they have like a design philosophy for apps and there are certain fixed fonts. And Square, when they made this again, you said GP cash grab that's Square's MO and they released this for mobile and people were begging, I think, for a Steam release for a while. So I can see, I can see why they conform to mobile first and, and other consoles <laughs> secondary, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I do want to say that's actually what I did, I I purchased them all for my, my phone and it's done two things because I've gotten kind of used to fast forwarding thanks to the miracle of emulation, (laughs) but it forced me to kind of go back, read through this. And in, in certain ways it's experiencing the game, not for the first time, but in a fresh way. Cause again, there, there have been updates to the scripts and things like that and corrections, but with six, I haven't played six in a very long time. Uh, as a few other people I've spoken to about this game, um, Without fast forwarding it, so to go back and, right. and have to read everything and and do the old school way of doing it, like absolutely, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I had to sit at my computer. Uh, if I can, you know, play this here and there, sitting on the couch, or, or you know, whatever. If I'm in a car ride with somebody else driving, absolutely, that was the way for me to do it. So
0: okay, yeah, all right. So GP's game of the year, 2021, is Final Fantasy One Pixel Remaster. Yeah, all right. Anything else you want to say on that, or should we move on?
2: No, I, th- I think that covers it for me.
0: All right. Uh, Wolf, you want to go next?
1: Sure. So, I was torn, and ultimately, I think I made my decision. Uh, I was torn between Astalon, Tears of the Earth, and Blastermaster Zero Three. Ultimately, I got to go with the Blastermaster. I don't know if my camera's too tiny for people to see or what, but this is my little uh, Sophia Third tank pin. Is, yeah, <laughs> love dice. Um I love me some blaster master. I really enjoy the franchise as a whole, zero, one, two, and three. And three was a really good send-off for the trilogy. It it ulta it it ultimately meshed really well the lore behind the original Blaster master for the nes and its original japanese version metafight so it sort of combined both of these into one property <laughs> reimagined and three told an interesting story that ended in a way that i don't I, I did not expect but i wasn't disappointed with not to mention the pixel art in that game is gorgeous they use really an amazing color palette and they spent a lot of time on the details really making sure that all the sprites are completely readable and pretty.
0: This was in creates, right?
1: Inti creates, yeah.
0: Yeah. See they their pixel art, like the retro inspired look, is always on point. I love everything they do look graphic wise, looks amazing. And this is no exception.
1: My my brother and I were actually recently talking. He had forgotten that they did Mega Man Nine and Ten.
0: Oh, did they really? They did. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Okay.
1: So, like, they they got their start emulating a style. Yeah. And with Blaster Master, with the Blaster Master Zero trilogy, I think they found a way to revisit a style without copy pasting it, which was quite nice. I I really like zero three it was it it told a like i said it told a really good story i'm trying not to spoil anything um it had its sad moments it had its exciting moments it had its plot twists and surprises that come from the previous games as well as little throwbacks to the previous games and it it was a good one
2: (laughs) can i ask you a question um sure I'm going to try to draw a parallel, and I want you to tell me if this is apt or wildly off-base. Would you say this trilogy is akin to the Die Hard trilogy? One, (laughs) classic, uh, and a a Christmas favorite. Uh, Two, kind of fails to capture all of the magic, but still culturally significant and does in fact exist, uh, even if not everybody has been made aware of it. And then three, a masterpiece starring Jeremy Irons. Okay, maybe not Jeremy Irons, but...
1: <laughs> kind of, yeah. I do, I do think the first one was better than the third one. Mm-hmm. But oh, the really? third okay. one was still much better than the second one. Yeah. And it they got to fine-tune any issues that the first two games had and make the game a little bit more cohesive, seeing as the first game was a big, broad map the way the original NES game was, where you just travel between zones, you have to backtrack and all that. Um, the second game was planet hopping and then the third game uh it it had a sort of planet hopping aspect but the planets were that what they had you traversing was bigger in scope and size and a little bit more interconnected to each other so it that and there's plenty of secrets to find (laughs) okay
0: so for this one, so this is a trilogy. And this is, these are, they are sequels to the original NES game? Or are they just kind of no, their own thing?
1: It is it is a reimagining of Blaster Master and Metaphite as one property. Also incorporating ideas from the later Blaster Master entries and the Worlds of Power book. Like it really smashed everything together and they made it something that works. Wow.
0: The Worlds that of Power books, those were those... Those books back in the NES days, right? That came out telling stories from those games. Yes, <laughs> they pull from that. That's pretty amazing, actually.
1: So ultimately, you end up learning, like in the third game, you travel between Planet Sophia, which was the planet that Metaphite took on, took place on, and Earth, which is the planet that Blaster Master took place on. And you get the main characters, Jason, and uh... oh my gosh, I don't remember the other guy's name, but you end up playing through and encountering both of those characters in blaster master zero three, both both the protagonists from both metafight and blaster master are in zero three.
0: Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. This has always been a game series. Now I keep saying this when the first one came out, I'm like, Oh, that looks amazing. I totally want to play it. And then sequel comes out I'm like, well, crap, I want to play all of them now. And now there's the third one. I have to play these. I really do. This is one of those indie games that I really want. highly recommended yeah the graphic style i like the original blaster master nes and this captures that gameplay almost perfectly and expands on it which is great to see and and again inti creates did the the castlevania one bloodstained or whatever it was no bloodstained curse of the moon the pixel
1: curse of the moon games
0: d make one yeah fantastic i love this studio and i love everything they've done so this is definitely on my bucket list of games i got to play hopefully this year Uh, um how hard is this one is it tough
1: Um, it has a fight or two that are pretty challenging, okay. But a none of these three games are anywhere near as hard as the original Blaster Master for the NES. So, and that's that's kind of a I guess a subjective thing, no, yeah, subjective thing because. You know, some people can get through Blaster Master one on the NES in minutes. And then for me, whenever I hit level eight, it sucks. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I got nowhere in that game. I've always had struggling, struggled with the Blaster Master. So
1: the fact that there are like all sorts of hidden upgrades throughout the series and power ups and stuff that's more permanent than there was in the original one, as well as save points inherently makes the game easier. But they are all definitely longer than the original one, which is nice. Okay.
0: Yeah, this is definitely on my list to play, and it looks fantastic. All right.
1: They all kind of throw surprises at the player, especially if you're familiar with the original game. They throw surprises at you in ways that you wouldn't expect, and it's different surprises in each game, which I appreciated. Cool.
0: Good. Awesome. All right, so uh, Wolf's uh, game of the year for 2021 is Blaster Master 3. Did I say that right? Awesome. Yes. All right. Uh, and then for me, okay, so I guess for me, I we were talking earlier before the show, it was kind of hard for me to remember what I played last year. I had to go back and look at my list and what I bought and what I played. But there were a couple games that I did beat last year. And then for me, my personally, my game of the year is Metroid Dread for Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So like now I love Metroid, even the original NES one, which people think is ass these days with no map and no saving and god awful password entry. Right. But for me, I love Metroid Dread. Samus as a character is freaking iconic and is cool. And that 2D gameplay is just really on point. And as much as I love Super Metroid, I really like what um, Metroid Zero Mission did in terms of evolving the series a little bit and, and cleaning up controls. Metroid Dread is taking that even further and just bringing 2D platforming into just an evolution. Like it feels great. All of the moves, the sliding, the melee attack, the jumping, the controls in this game are so tight. And as you play through Metroid Dread, at first it's it, it kind of gradually teaches the mechanics of the game and it feels good, but you never at any point feel like you're you need to like master everything. Until the end of the game, the last couple bosses, the final boss especially, it takes every mechanic in the game, from you know the space jumps, multiple jumps in the air, to sliding, to counters, everything, and puts it into one boss fight. and You have to master it so well, but it's not in a way that was frustratingly difficult. And I say that that it wasn't frustratingly difficult, even though I spent maybe three hours trying to beat the final boss in Metroid Dread, but it was never frustrating because if you died, it was very easy to pop back into the game and do another attempt on the boss but just the controls were so on point. So so good. Like, it's weird for me to say that the reason this is my game of the year is the controls are good. <laughs> like, the controls feel well. Like, they feel like they're well done. Um, that, that just feels odd to me. But otherwise, the graphics are fantastic. It looks great. For Nintendo Switch title, I was worried about frame rate, but this is one of those games that runs, I think it runs at 60 frames per second. If not, it looks really good. Like, there's there is very few instances of slowdown, which, sadly, for Nintendo Switch games these days, I almost expect it to be slowdown. But Dread doesn't have any of it. And uh, I don't know. It's a fantastic game. Did you guys play this one? I think, Wolf, you might have played Dread all the way through. I did. GP, did you but play this one? not until January. Okay.
2: I haven't. I've watched a fair amount of it. Uh, enough to be familiar with, with bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. But no, I've, I haven't played it yet. But it is on my list. Yeah. In fact, the entire fucking series is is on my list to get back to soon.
0: But yeah. Yeah. I love Metroidvania. It's, it's such a great series. One of the things that can be frustrating for folks is that it is a Metrovania. I mean, it's in the name, right? Where, But where there's backtracking in the past games can be frustrating because you had an entire map to explore. In this one, there's still backtracking, but what they'll do is they'll cleverly lock areas of the map down a bit until you kind of beat the next sequence. So although there's backtracking, you usually know what rough area you need to be in because the game will keep you in that space. So you're not constantly checking every room across the entire map. It's less frustrating because, like, I like Metroidvania's, but certain games that do the backtracking and it becomes a little cryptic, and we need to go. I never had that issue with this game. It's kind of helpful in how it how it guides you across. I always um, thought
2: Prime Prime did really well, a really good job of of that. They give you some time to kind of stew and figure out, which to me I think was was very logical and sensible, good proper game design. But then after a little while, you'd get that message, you know, incoming message. Go check this, but. Yeah, any any Metroidvania game, I think, especially now, uh, with graphics and capabilities being what they are, to do kind of the more classic style of, of a game, you need to be able to work and focus on logic for the game. And I, I think it's great that they they're seemingly kind of nailing that. You know, for Dread, at least.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing. That I be... oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. I just I wanted to mention the the backtracking sometimes they funnel you into forced backtracking but it's a nice surprise that they end up changing up the layout because of some environmental factor to where you end up re-exploring an area but it feels different because they've changed it a fair amount
0: right like the water is frozen for example in certain areas when it wasn't before yeah
1: or you know there's parts where there's lava or there's not or you know there was Areas where entire chunks of the zone were changed because of an explosion, you know, this was super cool the way they did that. I loved it.
2: Look, <laughs> Mega Man X did it first. X gonna give it to you, and all, all props to to Mega Man X.
1: Not to that degree.
2: No, 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 no. But you know, I gotta drop Mega Man whenever I can. Love but, you, Mega Man. Yeah,
1: I I know what you're talking about. Like the. The change to, I think every level got affected by another boss being beaten, right? In X? Uh, you know, I don't Not know if most. every
2: level, but close. Yeah. Most, oh, didn't really like, did that. yeah. Okay. oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like uh, Flame Mammoth, you know, if you beat Chill Penguin, then his stage is frozen over.
0: Oh, um, really?
2: Oh, yeah. And then Spark Mandrill, mm-hmm. if you. Well, anyway, yeah. Go back and play it.
0: I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Yeah. One few of the times I've played Man X over the one... last year, it's just been a train wreck for me, but I'll have to give it another shot.
1: Yeah, I think water level rises in Sting Chameleon stage if yep. if you beat yep. another one first. It's, it's little things like that. They're small touches. They're mostly not noticeable if you're not paying attention, but they're there. Well, And a lot yeah, of times, it, cool.
2: well, with the Sting Chameleon, that is what allows you to get some of the items that are hidden. But
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: sorry, Mega Man X is not on anybody's list today. Not I'm this year. To drop that, Maybe so yeah. year. Maybe next but year. Maybe next year. But yeah,
0: but for Dread, one of the things that's also cool for this as well is... There's there's sequence breaking, which is. I'm not really a speedrunner, right? I mean, former world record holder for Double Dragon on the Master System. You know, wow. Brazil took over <laughs> the leaderboard. But that's we are okay. in
2: the presence of greatness.
0: Yeah, 24 minutes, baby. <laughs> nice. But anyway, this game does have sequence breaking in a way, and the game acknowledges that. So in the game, you fight Kraid. Sorry, spoilers. It's been a year. Uh, fantastic boss fight. Huge, massive callbacks to the earlier titles. Really great boss fight. But at the time, you don't have the bombs, normally if you play straight. But you can sequence break and get the bombs and the more full. And if you manage to go to crate after you do, you can do a special attack where you go inside crate's belly button, it looks like, and explode. Like there's a sequence, animations, like the game acknowledges that you have this item and it does a, a serious damage to crate. The fact that that's even included, something that most players will never even try or even realize, because to sequence break in this game is, is quite challenging. But the game acknowledges that, I think, is incredibly cool. Whether it's something they designed and they were rejigging content in areas later, I don't know. Or if it's something they planned for, either way, it's incredibly cool. I love that part of this game. And I've I've seen a few different sequence breaks that are really interesting.
2: I I would hope Hmm. they'd plan for that. Uh, To go back to Metroid Prime, there were some really amazing sequence breaks. Um, In fact, that was kind of my introduction to speedrunning was Metroid Prime, uh, which later releases of the game had gone back and changed that. In fact, if you want the original version, you've got to go and you know check certain digits on the uh, the inside of the the disc to make sure that this has the original stuff. But so they they went back and they changed it, so you can't do that, and that pissed me off. So to hear that maybe they made the game in such a way that they're acknowledging, okay, you figured this out, go have fun with it, and be a little bit oped for a minute. I love that. I it, it's what a time to be alive.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic game. And story, I mean, it's a Metroid game, so you're not getting a novel, right? No worlds of power here. But there is there is dives into the Metroid lore that was really interesting for what there is. You get to hear Samus speak for the first time in this series, as far as I know. Well, I think maybe speak outside of a the Wii game, which nobody talks about anymore. M, yeah. yeah, but this game is fantastic. It's, it's such a great game and it's done by the Mercury Steam, which is a third-party studio. And they're the ones who did Samus Returns in 3DS, which was not a bad game, but wasn't great. But they were also remaking the old Game Boy, Metroid 2, which is kind of a love or hate game. But this is them taking that work and expanding on it and making such a fantastic game. My only worry is that it took, what, 10 years to get this game made? And it only sold 3 million copies. And that's in today's world is not nearly enough. So i Doubt we're going to see a sequel to this, to this game. I don't think we're going to see another 2D Metroid, maybe ever. Right? I think they're going to go the 3D direction for sure going forward. Well, and that's kind of sad. If to me Metroid Prime ever game. happens. Sorry.
1: I said if Metroid Prime Four ever happens.
0: Well, apparently it's <laughs> happening. Apparently they rebooted development again recently, so they're just they're going to do it. But is, I mean, it, it's few years.
1: is it happening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Duke sure. Nukem came out after how many years? I'm sure. I'm sure Metroid's coming.
2: Yeah, in fact, no, I think they're so serious about the Prime 4 release, they went ahead and gave it a, a subtitle, which is Metroid Prime 4, Ross and Rachel. Okay, is that too old of a joke? I feel like it's going to, okay, it's fine. <laughs> We're a Retro
0: Games podcast. There's no such thing as too <laughs>
1: yeah, old. Yeah, friends made a resurgence with the younger crowd sometime in the Will last few years. Will they, won't the they? Year, so. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, uh, JD and, and Elliot. Uh, just pick, pick a couple, that's fine. that one i guess oh that was scrubs
1: oh yeah it's doesn't stick in my head for some reason big shout out to my
2: friend bill lawrence not important and i'm not name dropping (laughs) but i I kind of am bill lawrence the guy who created scrubs and spin city and uh ted lasso i had a a twitter conversation with him once where he publicly uh, referred to me as friend so i've been dining on that uh, (laughs) dining out on that for a couple years now whenever i talk about yeah my friend bill Lawrence uh anyway doesn't matter sorry about that love you Bill that's Lawrence. all right yeah i, I will say I'm,
0: the first time you start metro dread and the title screen says metroid 4 and it's dread acknowledging metroid 3 was super super nintendo version of super metroid it just the whole package cool. hits nostalgia notes but it's a modern 2d platformer and the whole package is totally worth playing i'm just really bummed we're never gonna see another one like it at least not an official metroid game unfortunately but you know
1: yeah, that's that's something I think people tend to gloss over from Super Metroid is when you first turn it on it straight up says Metroid 3 in little unimpressive text. Yeah. So it's easy to miss. Um as far as sequence breaking goes, I got to say like I love when you can sequence break games, but <laughs> it always makes me think back to Wonder Boy 3 Dragon's Trap when I played the remastered version. I accidentally sequence broke because I thought I was supposed to go to an area, completely missed, went somewhere else, and then I was confused as hell as to where to go next. Mm. (laughs) ended up going to an area I guess I shouldn't have been able to get to. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's interesting when games plan for it. I I dig that idea. Because you sent me the the video link of Kraid getting blown up from the inside out. That was was badass, I got to say. Yeah. That's like it was neat enough where I wanted to try and do it myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. So, go ahead.
1: I I would like to mention that this game stressed me the hell out.
0: Oh, the Emmy stuff. I would
1: literally. Yes, I would literally play through segments of it. I'd play it for like a half hour to an hour, and then I would have to stop because my nerves would be shot. (laughs) There was one night I was playing it with the wife. Uh, she was watching me play on the TV. And I was like, all right, I it's enough stress for me. I got to play something else.
2: <laughs> I want to say this real quick, though. Don't give up hope on getting a sequel for Metroid Dread. And here's why. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Anything can happen. <laughs> and I loved it. And while I can't say that Zack Snyder is my friend the way that, like, me and Bill Lawrence are friends, uh, it really shows the consumer has quite a bit of input and i don't i don't want to say power i think that's stupid but uh you know if you already own a copy go out and buy another one i don't know but give it a voice maybe we should start a hashtag but it's uh anything it's also
1: happen. worth mentioning that nintendo has a lot of confidence in their ips even when one particular entry doesn't fare as well as they hoped
0: that is true yeah
1: um so it it might be a while before we get another 2d metroid another five six years maybe longer but we'll get one you know it'll it'll happen again they'll get somebody else who'll be like i want to do this and higher-ups will be like you know what it's been a while let's do it so yeah
0: i mean in a world where we're getting a second breath of the wild game you're right who knows what could happen in five to ten years so yeah
1: but yeah
2: call to action and you know i don't mind it we'll be the the 65 year old guys in the tents outside of whatever game store, you know, the night before release, that'd be great.
0: All right, so Metro Dread is my game of the year. We're gonna—I guess—we can quickly okay. go through our—we are runner-ups, and it's not too won't spend too long on it. So, JP, let's go with your runner-up game of the year.
2: Uh, and I'll probably get some slack for this, but Mario Golf—was uh, it called Speed Rush or something like that?
0: You don't—you don't even know the name of the game, and it's your runner-up of the year. I
2: know—I know Mario Golf, and you can speed golf. And it's kind of light on a lot of things. But the game itself, some of the, some of the new things, Battle Golf, even though it gets kind of stale, is a really cool idea. But Speed Golf, like if you can mix <laughs> Mario Kart with Mario Golf, yes, it's, it's, it's fun. And it, I, it made me wish, even though it's not the best of the Mario Golf games, it made me wish that other versions, such as Toadstool Tour, uh, had the Speed Golf option. It was fun. And if you haven't played it, sure. it's the best way to play video game golf.
1: Mario Golf Super Rush. That's the name. Super
2: Rush. At. Thank you. I was thinking Speed <laughs> Speed Golf, so Speed Rush. I'm sorry. Also, I love Rush. YYZ, everything from moving pictures. Test for <laughs> Anyway. Okay. Sorry.
0: No, I, I almost bought this game, actually. I was looking at it, and I've heard it got a bunch of free DLC, like new courses and stuff, which is great to see. I was a hair away from picking it up. It's one of those games where if it ever went on sale, I might pick it up to play with my kids. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm not really a big sports game fan, but the Mario sports games are usually really accessible in a fun way, and this does look great.
2: Tennis is another good example. The Mario tennis games usually are are, are really, really fun. Uh, my, my biggest complaint about um, Super Rush is... There's not a lot of unlockables, and you know, there's the DLC stuff now. But when you first get it, there's 16 playable characters. They're already available once you kind of beat through the adventure mode, which is not as great as I had originally hoped. uh, All the courses are just going to be there waiting for you, and you know, part of the fun of the the classic Mario Golf games is unlocking things by, you know, it's what they had for Chivos back in the day, I suppose. Right. Yeah. 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 So runner-up. There you go.
0: All right uh wolf what about you what's your runner-up of game of the year
1: like i said it was uh because i mentioned it earlier it was Astalon tears of the earth which is a another metroidvania style game um heavy on the exploration heavy on the 8-bit style (laughs) uh i i really love this game i love the tongue-in-cheek references to super mario brothers and castlevania um it it did a lot that i really dug on and it was challenging as hell it felt like an nes game which was great
0: this has like some influences from castlevania 3 or something right
1: yeah so you have three characters that you can play as out of the gate um there's two more that you unlock um i guess i can kind of go and i could spoil them a little bit one of them is basically an analog for trevor belmont okay and the other one uh, that you unlock is an analog for toad from mario 2 specifically <laughs> R- yeah <laughs> castlevania and finally, mario 2 together it pops again. up with random items yeah. and tosses them at enemies that is his thing
2: and so, the sexual tension is palpable
0: between these two uh, who's but the third it, character I mean, he has... from, he's from ninja gaiden or is that what it is no now? no, no.
1: those just... are the two secret characters otherwise there's three characters you start as there's the warrior the mage and the ranger Oh, don't remember so their five names characters. offhand. There's five characters plus there's actually two more characters you can play the game as that I'm aware of after you beat the game and accomplish oh, really? it. Oh. So it unlocks two other modes entirely, like one that's basically a beat it without dying mode and one that changes the mechanics up pretty drastically.
0: Oh, that's pretty interesting I like when games do that like bloodstain does quite a bit of that now and I'm all in for it right anything that t- if the game is if it's a game I love anyway adding in extra characters for future game clears is just fantastic I love that stuff
1: yeah it's really cool the way they handle everything's really well developed game um I'm trying to remember who developed it it was such a good one I'm sad is that it a
0: one person operation I think
1: I don't recall i don't think so but maybe labs works that's what it was canadian video game by labs works so there you go it's canadian
0: yeah canadian content that will appease the local rights over body of canada as we relaunch press b in canada (laughs) we have to have one third of our content canadian of course so start eating poutine now (laughs) (laughs) all right uh okay so i guess my run-up game so this game, actually, I was not quite sure it qualified for last year, but I went back and looked, and it is, and that is Cyber Shadow. Uh, speaking of one-man operations, uh, Cyber Shadow, at the time I played it, I think we did an episode on it, Wolf, Me and You, mm-hmm. and we did mention that, you know, it definitely feels like an Ninja Gaiden influence, and of course that's there, but it's not just that, it's um, having played some other NES games recently, like Shatterhand and Power Blade awesome. and, and whatnot, they almost feel like more of an influence on Ninja Gaiden in some ways with Cyber Shadow. But for huh. those who have not seen it, it was on Game Pass for quite a while. It's, I think it's on Switch nowadays, too. But it's a ninja-based uh, run-and-slash, Ninja Gaiden-like game. Incredibly challenging, but it has a checkpoint system that's very interesting. And this is why I like it so much, I think. Challenging encounters or challenging sequences of, of a scene or a level or like a street but with the checkpoints, there's unlockable power-ups and you can spend the in-game currency to unlock power-ups at a checkpoint. You don't have to. And sometimes you don't want to because you want to save that currency for later on uh, for future checkpoints. But if you really need it, you can unlock a power-up at a checkpoint and it makes that sequence easier. I love that. There are certain bosses which I was struggling with. But at the checkpoint, if I want to, I can unlock a, um, a weapon power-up or the, the drone that follows you around and heals you, stuff like that. You can unlock mm-hmm. it to make that easier if you want to. Incredibly fantastic. And it's one of those games where you start out with no powers, just slashing the sword, but you slowly build up powers as you play the game. Really well done. Really fantastic. The story was was decent. You're trying to, like, you're a cybernetic ninja trying to find out who's attacking your ninja clan and killing everybody. Um, really fun bosses. Really great graphic design. Just But just the challenging gameplay. Like, I know I compared this with The Messenger in the past. Both ninja games, both are fantastic. But this one was more gameplay focused and challenging, a lot harder. But when I beat this game, and it took me took me about 14 hours to get through. But when I beat it, it was one of the most satisfying game clears I've had in years. Right. Like challenging but doable for me. And that's why I think it was my game of the year or my runner-up for last year of game of the year. Because it was so satisfying to actually put this one to bed and finish (laughs) it. And it was just great. So um, I think Wolf, well, you play this one. GP, I don't think you're ever playing this one yourself. I think, no. no, I don't know this one. Um, I don't know if it's still on Game Pass for those who have Microsoft Game Pass. If not, they do a, a $1 trial frequently and check out if it's there. Totally worth playing. Um, and this is one of those games where without Game Pass, I don't think I ever would have bought it. I never would have paid 25 bucks Canadian to buy this game. But having a chance to play it on Game Pass, part of that sub, I'm so surprised at the quality of this game and how good it actually is. And then now this, this, this Mechanical Head Studios did this. It's the one guy who did it. I think his name is Mika Skull. I'm now actually interested to see what he does next. I really am looking forward to his future games, just with the amount of quality and work he put into this game. And it's so good. Cyber Shadow is fantastic. The only complaint I have about this game, and we joked about it before, was that there's no ducking unlike you know ninja gaiden so there's no cyber knees unfortunately no cyber knees no cyber knees but there's wall jumping and flying around the screen and just all kinds of weapons it's just really sweet game all right
1: i love it yeah yeah i was just i had a lot of fun with that game a little bit of frustration a lot of fun yeah <laughs> also right. it's I I'd, I'd like to mention it's a little unusual that Jake is the one who picked the modern game.
0: <laughs> well, usually I pick at instead least one of, retro game. Instead
1: of Tetris yeah. or Double Dragon? He Which are both fantastic new games. New Metroid game. A cool spot.
0: Which is a fantastic <laughs> platforming game, GP. Uh-huh. Uh, we had we had an episode on this before. Oh, yeah, it's an entire and, thing.
1: I mean, my games were new games, but they're very Retro styled and inspired, so
0: well, I mean, Cyber Shadow is retro inspired, and Metroid Dread, I mean, despite the visuals, is absolutely classic 2D classic Metroid gameplay.
1: It's it, it felt a lot like uh, what was that game? Uh, Shadow Complex,
0: yes, yeah.
1: Shadow Complex was what I wanted from a Metroid game, and then it took like 12 years. or longer for Nintendo to finally do that with Metroid. But yeah, it was... Well,
0: Nintendo never does things what people want. They always drop a game like this when you least expect it. Like Metroid, Metroid yeah. Dread has been rumored for like years, and I think it stopped and started developing again a few times. So like the fact that it even came out is mind-blowing to me. So
2: All the more reason to be hopeful about Prime 4. Started it's, stops, coming. it's been
0: Yeah. <laughs> They, they've already said it. they showed the logo. They wouldn't show the logo if it wasn't coming out GP.
2: And they've confirmed, and this is recently, I don't even know if this is broken in Canada yet, but the news is out that Metroid Prime 4 will likely debut ahead of Metroid Prime 5. So we'll see. We'll see how accurate that is. <laughs>
0: we'll see.
1: I mean, Nintendo's done it before where they announced a game coming out before they even released its sequel or its prequel. They did that with Mario World they announced super Mario brothers four was already in development when Mario right. three wasn't even out yet. Oh, that's
0: true. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's just what a way to screw your audience. Yeah, go buy our new Mario Bros three, but Oh, by the way, we got a better one coming out in a couple months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, we should wrap it up. All right. Um, yep. so again, we are pressed B to cancel, uh, and we are going to be resume recording. I think our next, First official episode together is going to be on May 20th. We're going to do that with all five of us. So GP, Wolf, myself, Chard, and Sinistar. Really looking forward to that. And then after that, we're going to probably keep it to two to four people at most and just rotate topics. So it's nice to have some new, fresh input. Uh, Sinistar, I know, uh, for example, has a lot of... Uh, he didn't have consoles when he was growing up. He had a lot of retro computers. He has a lot of takes from there. I know we did an episode the past with him on Adventure Games, which was a lot of fun. I'm, he's a Mr. Enthusiast. I'm looking forward to a lot of his takes on things. Chart, of course, uh, it did a year of Final Fantasy. He's big on the JRPGs, I know as so you guys are. So he's bringing a lot to the table with that. Uh, I am personally looking forward to his five-part miniseries on why Final Fantasy VIII is the greatest game of his of all time. And I know he's looking forward to doing that for us. So it should be fantastic. It's just
1: a test to see if he's listening. It's, yeah, it's just, it's,
2: there's a lie. There's no way he's going to keep it to five parts. <laughs> Twenty-part <laughs> series. That's yeah. But, yeah. yeah this yeah. guy's going to bring a lot, and I'm excited about it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to overshadow or or understate. I should say my appreciation for you two and uh, my excitement for being back doing this with you guys. So, yeah, it's it's been a long number of months, but I'm, I'm glad we're here.
1: Yeah, yeah. 14. You might say we took the back streets to get here, bringing it back around. <laughs> <laughs> All, All
0: right. right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, we still got a GP. Uh, for those watching the YouTube video uh, of Presby, I apologize for the technical issues we had this end of this episode, uh, and also the name tags apparently are wrong after we restarted. So, uh, of course, in the top right we do have GP, and the bottom we have Wolf. But uh, GP, you want to tell folks where they can find you?
2: What you mean, like my address? Hell no. Well, uh, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still uh, on Twitter as the Retro Therapy, and then I will be making a return. To Twitch as the retro therapy. Um, hopefully in the the upcoming summer months, as things wind down for me professionally. So,
0: okay. And Wolf, where can folks find you?
1: Usually Twitch and Twitter. I'm thinking of starting a TikTok, uh, but I don't know the account name for that. Because somebody else took my werewolf name and is selling jewelry with it. W A R E W U L F F. Yes, W A R E W. W A R O W U L F F Google it, tell it you been it, you'll find me unless you're looking at TikTok and then you'll find some chick. I have no idea who she is.
2: Is the jewelry good? <laughs> like that's that's the question I, now.
1: I think it's handmade. I have no idea. All I know is when I last looked at it, she had three posts about homemade jewelry.
2: I'll look into <laughs> it. I'll let you know.
1: So I'll have um, to go back and see if that account still exists and if it's active and whatnot. I don't think I could claim it regardless. Yeah. But uh... all right,
0: uh and I'm sick Jake you can find me mostly on Twitter sometimes on Twitch I recently streamed during Easter Uh my wife and I were stuffing Easter eggs sorry to really illusion for kids listening and uh, I also have a couple of things up on YouTube I'm not going to give you the URL because it's not a vanity URL because I don't have that many subscribers but I re- recently did a review of the VS Fighter which is a arcade stick with all keycaps and keyboard controls it's amazing so feel free to check that out and I also start TikTok as it's the style at the time, so you can check me noticed. out there as well. I do post occasionally. Uh, and otherwise, we are pressed to cancel. We are an audio podcast. You can find us on Google and Apple Podcasts as well as Amazon Music. Some people listen to us there, which is fantastic. And as well, we are doing videos on YouTube. Uh, we are actually planning on streaming our episodes going forward live on Fridays, and then releasing the audio hopefully on the Monday after. We're gonna we're still working some of the details out. But, uh, yeah, if you enjoy Press B in the past and you're looking forward to doing stuff with us in the future, listening in the future, drop us a like. Let us know. Um, You know, the the listener and viewer feedback is the world to us, and that's what keeps us going. So uh, we're looking forward to putting out more episodes again. All right. Thank you, everybody.
1: We're back. A dinosaur story.